Yeah, good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. Fantasy football day today. We're into the postseason. Normally, our guy, uh, Paul Chargian, would be here, but uh, he is uh, he is down with the vid. He's down with the vid, man. So, uh, his guy alongside, Brian Johnson, is joining us uh, on the hotline. Brian, how you doing? Good, Bill. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, Charge, he's saying he has COVID. I think he's just still hungover from celebrating Ty Chandler's big game on Saturday. That was a big day for him. Okay. Uh, I could see that. Know. I'm kidding, of course. We all wish. Uh, no, George no. I that. yeah. We we hope he's better. But yeah, it was. Uh, he's doing it, good. It was, he told I, me. I, <laughs> he's doing all right. So uh, okay, let's start with tonight's game because people obviously have an interest in this game. Uh, if you're in the postseason, you uh, you're hoping for the best. But uh, let's talk with uh, Thursday night's contest because what exactly uh, when you have concerns about starting any of the Rams' big four, whether it's Stafford or Williams or Cup or Nakua, you know who are you going to be starting, if anybody. Yeah, big game tonight between the Rams and the Saints. A lot of big names. Those four that you first mentioned uh, are the biggest, of course. Starting with Kyron Williams, not the best matchup on paper. The Saints have surrendered just one total touchdown to running backs over their last three games in just seven all season. That is the sixth fewest. But uh, Williams is a must-start regardless of matchup. Fourth in rushing yards and third in total touchdowns among running backs this year. And he's only played 10 games, <laughs> really nine and a half. Truly an incredible season for Williams. So you're starting him without a doubt. It gets a little tricky when it comes to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. A tough matchup for these guys on paper as well. The Saints have allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns all season. That's the second fewest and just one over their last six games. But starting with Cooper Cup, uh, he's back to must-start status. Uh, he's matchup proof right now. Scored in three straight, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown in each of the last two. There were very tough matchups during that stretch as well. Uh, the Browns and the Ravens were in the mix. So I'm rolling cup with confidence. Nakua is where it gets a little trickier. Obviously a great start to the season. Was the leading candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Things cooled down a little bit when Cup came back. He still had his big games. But really it's been a while since he's had a, a blow-up game. Uh, just two touchdowns over his last nine for Nakua. During that same span, he's topped 90 yards just twice. I can't fault you for starting him in standard leagues, but if you have a better option, I would roll roll with that. Uh, I had Nakua as like a, a fringe wide receiver two, more of a wide receiver three this week in a matchup that's tough on paper. But regardless of the tough matchup for all those three players, I, I still like Stafford as a top 10 option. Um, New Orleans hasn't faced a ton of notable passers as of late. We're talking Tommy DeVito. Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, Josh Dobbs. Those are less than stellar throwers, not comparable to Matt Stafford. Jared Goff is. He threw for multiple scores against the Saints in Week 13. Stafford, multiple touchdown passes passes in four straight, 12 total during that span. So I got him around QB 9 or 10. I I believe Charge has him as QB 10 as well. With the Saints, you got Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's obvious. But beyond that, I I don't know if I would trust anybody uh, else on that Saints staff at this point. Would you? Well, what about Jimmy Graham? He's averaging more than half a touchdown per target. (laughs) Four touchdowns on just seven targets for Jimmy Graham. I'm kidding, of course. I still can't get over the fact that Jimmy Graham is scoring touchdowns at this rate. But, um, yeah, outside of Alvin Kamara, it's really Chris Olave is the only – option you're contemplating 
tonight. Missed last week with an ankle sprain. Should play tonight, though. I think he said he will play. Uh, it is a good matchup for Olave, though. The, the Rams are allowing more than 160 yards per game to wide receivers. Uh, that's a pretty healthy number. Over the last two weeks, opposing wideouts are averaging 200-plus yards and have totaled five touchdowns against L.A. And before last week, Chris Olave led the NFL in unrealized air yards with nearly 1,100. No one else was even at 900 at that point. So he's been getting his shots downfield all season. I think that continues tonight. He has, he has big play potential, but there is, as you sort of alluded to, there is some, some bust potential as well, but I think he's a safe wide receiver too this week in a game where the Saints likely chasing points, but uh, I'm, I, I'd give a lot of a B grade if you're a fantasy football weekly listener. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Two runners I want to check on. One is B. John Robinson being back at home tonight or about home this weekend on the turf. Not a bad way to go against the Colts defense. And then you've got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, the Seahawks just pulled off what I thought was a pretty impressive win the other night. Can you run Derrick Henry at home against the Seahawks on the turf down in Nashville? Yes. Both guys, big time busts last week, especially Henry, who had just tortured the Texans in recent history. I believe he totaled like 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns over his previous five games against Houston. But just the 10 yards on 20 touches, he looked absolutely cooked. And uh, speaking of cooked, the Titans are out of the playoff hunt. And this is, I read this is the first time under Mike Vrabel's tenure that the Titans have been eliminated from playoff contention, unless it was the last game of the season. So there's no incentive to run King Henry out there into the ground. He did look unmotivated last week. Now he could totally flip the script and have a monster game, but it's just not in the tea leaves, and I can't advocate risking starting uh, Henry in the playoffs in Week 16. So I got him on the bench, even in a solid matchup against the Seahawks. But I think we see more Tajay Spears uh, in this game. And if you have both, I'm starting Spears over Henry 10 out of 10 times. I'm talking with uh, Brian Johnson in place of Paul Charging today from Guillotine Leagues. He's also the weekly co-host with Charge. Uh, Charge a little bit ill, so not able to do it today. So we're talking with Brian about the fantasy football and the postseason. Any other big names that uh, maybe you have some concerns about? Because we've seen some guys that have really stepped up and continue to play well, but there, there's been a lot of head scratchers this year. Yeah, this has overall been the most brutal year for injuries. I know there's recency bias, but I've been playing this game since the mid-90s, and I can't remember anything like this. But uh, people were missing a lot of players last week, but they were missing Nico Collins for sure, who really broke out this year for the Texans at wide receiver. Didn't play last week with a calf injury. So trending towards playing this week, but if he does make his return, I can't roll with Nico Collins against the Browns. Uh, first off, C.J. Stroud, unlikely to play for the second straight game, as most probably know by now. So it's another week at Case Keenum, which is a downgrade, um, obviously. But all, more importantly, a, a brutal matchup for Nico against the Browns, who are allowing less than 10 catches per game to wide receivers. That is the fewest clip in the league. They got all-pro cornerback Denzel Ward back, uh, back last week, who had missed several games. But the, the, the cornerback on the other side, Martin Emerson Jr., has been Darrell Rebus-like this season. 444 coverage snaps, zero touchdowns allowed, 44.6 passer rating in his coverage for Martin Emerson. And they are just going to key in on Nico Collins in the past game with Tank Dell out for the year. He's going to have a bullseye on his back. So 
people might be excited to have him back, but I think there's going to be better options out there than Nico Collins, unfortunately. But he's got a, a big, big future ahead of him, that's for sure. Uh, a couple of things I just want to ask you. I know it's a little off script, but you've got a big game coming up between Dallas and Miami. Now, Dallas, we know, doesn't really play well against teams above 500, specifically on the road. Do- the Dolphins have not beaten a team with a record over 500. Do you, do you look at those and do you say, you know what, in those type of games where either the Cowboys are on the road or the Dolphins are facing a team that's over 500, do you kind of hesitate before you play some of those stars? Well, you know, after last week uh, where the – all the Dallas starters collectively did, did nothing. I'd be surprised if anyone's alive in their fantasy league with any Cowboys. But I think you still uh, – got to kind of chalk that up as an anomaly. The Dolphins' defense has been playing great. But, uh, again, like you said, not against great teams. So I'm still going to play Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, of course, probably Jake Ferguson. But there are seven or eight tight ends that uh, I would rank higher than Ferguson. And Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. And – if Tyreek Hill comes back, we're all going to be a little nervous. Maybe he's playing a decoy role. I'm sure he'll be back for this game. I believe the Dolphins went out and they have the number one seed, so they're highly motivated uh, still. So I'm, it's it, Tua, Raheem Mostert, of course, Devin Achan, Hill, and uh, Jalen Waddle. You got to play the stars in these in this matchup. Sometimes you don't play the stars, but this game feels like one where you still got to just go out and trust the big name guys. Talking about tight ends, Sam Laporta, is he the best one in fantasy right now? Man, I think so. It's certainly not Travis Kelsey. Um, and really, it, Sam Laporta. That was my next question. <laughs> Sam, yeah, uh, yeah. I got Kelsey. Just thinking ahead to next year real quick, I've got Laporta, Hawkinson, and Trey McBride ahead of Kelsey in my way, way too early rankings. But, uh, yeah, Laporta, I don't think he's going to give you – Three touchdowns this week. Um, it's somewhat of a neutral matchup against the Vikings. Uh, Vikings are allowing over five catches per game, but less than 50 yards and less than uh, a third of a touchdown per game to opposing tight ends. But a fascinating tight end narrative in this game where the Lions do the rare trade within the division, trading Hawkinson to the Vikings last year. Uh, in exchange, they got a second-round pick, which the Lions take Sam Laporta, now they're playing each other. They both got a lot to prove. Uh, but right now, Hawkinson, Laporta, they are Matt. I don't care what other teams have done against other tight ends because those two are basically in their own tier right now with only Travis Kelsey and, you know, again, maybe Trey McBride. So you got to start them either way. But, again, I'm not banking on the three the three tutties for uh, Laporta. I won't you put got past some good- Real quick, you got some quarterbacks this week that maybe you scratch your head. You've obviously had Patrick Mahomes with a lot of frustration because his guys aren't catching the football. You've got a really good defensive matchup with Baltimore going up against Brock Purdy and company out in the 49er area. And then there's uh, – what do you do? you got Russell Wilson, who's caught this team back to 7-7, seven and seven, playing pretty well offensively speaking, going up a really against a really bad Patriots team. Uh, are all of those situations where you look and you kind of salivate a little bit, or do you say, you know, Brock Purdy against this defense, eh, I don't know if I want to go in that direction, or because of the weaponry around him, you say, no problem here, you got this? I don't think you, you can sit Brock Purdy against a, a team of cyborgs right now. I, I know the Ravens are very scary on paper, uh, but they haven't faced an offense like the 49ers. There isn't one in football, and yeah, I I can't – I'm just in awe of what Brock Purdy has done. Of course, he's got an amazing supporting cast, but I think 
I don't. I think you're getting too cute if you're considering sitting Brock Purdy this week, even against a very tough Ravens team. What do you do with Jalen Hurts? Because the explosive plays downfields, uh, not like last year, not the way that he was putting up numbers last year. I think you you still start him. There's a, only a handful of guys uh, that I would rank above him. Really, I mean, the passing has not been there, but the tush push has. I believe I read it. it the tush push has accounted for like a third of his fantasy points and he's a, a top three quarterback. So he's almost essentially guaranteed a touchdown or two on the ground. And then everything else passing is gravy. And if he does have that pop off game, uh, you know, Yahtzee, but uh, I'm, I don't expect a shootout between the giants, but um, hurts even in a down game last week, he gave you 20 plus fantasy points. That's almost his floor and the ceiling is always there. So Again, he's a top-five quarterback. Only a few guys that would start over him. Great stuff, man. Uh, Brian, you filled in admirably. You filled easy shoes, man. It was nice stuff. So uh, let Charge know we appreciated it. Appreciate it, Bill. Had a great time. Happy holidays to you and yours. You too. You too. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you soon. There you go. Brian Johnson, he is with uh, Paul Charchi in the guillotine leagues. They do the podcast together. And they talk a lot of fantasy football, a lot of good stuff on their podcast for guillotineleagues.com. You can find it stuff there as well so good stuff to just kind of roll through and talk a little bit about um you know kind of all the all the fantasy implications coming up this weekend because i would assume that many of you that are still playing fantasy that means you're in the postseason so good good stuff not to make Eight. light by the way yeah, of go ahead charge's uh illness we wish him well but maybe there is a little bit of karma because when we talked to charge last week you couldn't see this but in our video call you came onto the air and you know how are we looking and your voice cracked Really bad because yeah. your your voice was shot. And Charch and me were laughing it up. And now Charch is the one under the weather. Right. So maybe the little karma. I don't know what that means for me. Um, so knock on wood that hopefully all the bad karma went to Charch. But we were laughing at your voice last week. So what goes around? You have around. Uh, you you remain quietly side. You know, quietly off to the side. You have not. Uh, you know, now I'm feeling better. So exactly. Now, now it's great. But yeah, you kind of just didn't want any of that karma back on you. I don't blame you because this thing's been like the crud. It, and it's not. Here's the thing. It's not like you're laying around with a fever and you're in chills and you're doing flu mode and you're under covers. And it's been none of that. It's just been where it's just your head feels like it's a thousand pounds. Your sinuses hurt. Your teeth hurt. You, you don't want to eat. You don't, you know, you're constantly coughing and snotting and everything else. And it's just blick. And you just, you can't get rid of it. And you can't sleep at night to get rest because your head's so clogged. Finally, it's starting to kind of break up. But it's been two weeks. It was two weeks today that I started feeling bad uh, just before our party uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, But I didn't feel bad through the party. It was really after the party kind of culminated that I went, oh, God, and now you're, you know, now you go down. So, uh, And hopefully I didn't create myself a, uh, a sinus infection super spreader. And the thing is, is nobody else that I know has really been sick. So that's the best part about it. Uh, let's do this. Bottom of the hour, you're going to hear from Jordan Love from yesterday. Stay tuned for that. Your phone calls and such coming up. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. They have got their New Year's Eve party, which is always cranking. Always cranking. But they have got so much. they got street eats. They've got the new rock and brews. They've got the Dream Dance uh, Steakhouse. They have got um, Ryu, which is a great place to go and eat. 360 bar, a good place to get a drink. They've got the slots, the table games. Bingo is back. The, the temporary sports book is open. The big new one is getting ready to open coming up in 2024. And then, obviously, for a weekend stay, that is the hotel. Go to paysbig.com. There's something for everybody. 
PaysBig.com. Again, PaysBig.com. That's Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. on board bill michael show continuing on 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 our friends at pella windows and doors of wisconsin right now zero percent for 18 months how about that that's got your attention right zero percent 18 months no payments no nothing just all good stuff nothing for 18 months you're all good all you gotta do is call for a free free in-home consultation Get a hold of them because that, uh, as we know, this time of year when uh, the people over at Pella talk to the uh, jolly fat man himself and they say, hey, we need jingle in everybody's pockets. So they uh, came up with this idea to say, hey, yeah, 18 months, we're good to go. You know, Hey, hang on to your money. Spend it on your loved ones. But if you do need windows, don't let it prevent you from getting them. Windows and doors, that's all you got to do. Get the free in-home consultation because winter has kind of held itself off relatively nicely. We have not had that frigid, sub-freezing, all that kind of stuff uh, yet. We know it's coming because it's going to hit, but uh, it's been kind of nice. And now you're, you you still got time. I keep telling you, you're running out of time, but it's going to happen. So get a hold of our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com or call them 855-PellaWI, whether it's the three different lines, four different lines, five different lines of windows and doors, or the hardware, the outside stuff uh, for beautification, interior design, whatever it happens to be, or just safety, economical factors, value to your home, so many different things go into that decision. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. We got uh, Chris and Muskego here we can get to in a minute, but a little breaking news, uh, if you would like it, Bill, related to the Packers. Luke Musgrave has been activated, so he now has a 21-day practice window. Won't play this weekend, I would imagine. But that's a sign that hopefully he plays again this season, which would be great. Yep, no doubt. That would be great if we could get him back, see him back on the field. And, you know, it's funny. I was just talking when we were up in the press box last weekend and watching Tucker Craft kind of do his thing. Uh, can you imagine what a two tight end set with both guys being able to catch passes would do to this team? You know, and it's it's funny. This year might end up being a, a silver lining for both because Musgrave got a lot of run early. And then Musgrave had to miss time. So then Tucker Craft has a chance to develop and get a lot of catches. So it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise that Musgrave missed some time, especially if he's able to come back and, let's say, play the final two games. Both of these tight ends got a chance to really be the number one guy and get a lot of reps this year. I think it worked out really well. Right. Um, I, I'm going to get into an article via The Ringer coming up here in just a little bit that they kind of went over the Aaron Rodgers saga in New York, and I thought it was rather... Rather interesting. But, as you said, we've got Chris and Muskego. Chris, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. Hey, I'm listening to you. I'm sitting 920, so I don't know if I'm an hour delayed or if it's live today. So I'd like to be able to hear your response afterwards. Sure. But uh, I think uh, not getting rid of Barry right now is a good thing if uh, the floor doesn't have any confidence and what's on the staff 
on the defensive side that Barry has hired. I think when LaFleur made a mistake was last year when he knew all the guys loved Gray, he should have got rid of Barry last year and put, put Gray at the defensive coordinator position. I think the defense would have been a lot better off. And I don't think LaFleur's lost a locker room. I think the defense has lost respect for Barry. They have for the last couple of years. But I think LaFleur still has the team as far as the locker room. I, you know what? That's probably the, the reality of it. I would agree with that. I don't think that Matt LaFleur has lost everybody's respect, but I think that what's going on, defensively speaking, is, is guys are looking at things going, why, why are you having us do this? You know, I know that there has been, in the past, you look at a guy like Jair has talked about it, Rasul has talked about it, we've heard whispers from other players, just let us play, let us do our job, let us do what we want to do. And if they feel like he's held them back, like, you know, it's just play soft, play, play, keep everything in front of you, you know, but don't be the aggressor. When defenders want to be the aggressor, they, they want to get after it, you know, they want to set the tone, that's what defense, you know, that's the reason you defer, because you want to defer, come out, set the tone, punch him in the mouth, get the ball back, and then off and running you are. And I think that that philosophy has lost some players, at least their mindset and or respect for Joe Barry. But I would kind of agree with your sentiment, Chris. Appreciate the phone call. And, yes, in on, on the Big 920 in Milwaukee, they tape delay us by an hour, so it's a little bit behind. But that's okay. You can still, you can still chime in at any point in time. Always take it. Always take it. 877-867-1670. So – uh, I thought this was interesting. Mike Clemens just uh, put this, sent this to my attention, but it said, give me the timetables. Give me all the things that you can, should, or know will happen because all I need is the little extra percent of inspiration. Give me your doubts. Give me your prognostications, and then watch what I do. Do you remember who said that, Grant? Oh, Aaron Rodgers about that his Achilles, yeah. On September 15th, September 15th, 2023. Then... Three months later, he says, quote, being medically cleared as 100% healed is not realistic after 14 weeks. That was just stated two days ago. There you have it. Two days after the Jets were officially eliminated from the playoffs following the 30-to-zip loss to the Dolphins and a day before the team would have to make the final decision on whether or not he would remain on the injured reserve for the rest of the year or – that his, uh, you know, all of a sudden his, his, you know, performance and such is needed. He is not going to recover from the Achilles injury he suffered back in week one in time to play again this season. The Jets have activated them, though. He's they're, activated they're them. They're putting them on the roster. They say, to be clear, nothing about this is surprising. Since it's not going to happen this season, Rodgers is most likely going to, you know, return to football activities with no restrictions at the offseason practices and such in April, but... Uh, he's just there. The update uh, here is that the 40-year-old quarterback, not a medical marvel, and the one little extra percent of inspiration, it turns out, was less relevant to Rodgers' return than the rates of which, uh, the, as they say, the fibroblasts release collagen proteins at which those proteins organize themselves into tightly packed bundles to make up a strong tendon. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> Uh, it goes on, and it says Rogers has made a series of bold and attention-grabbing pronouncements uh, about his intention to return, including that it would, quote, shock people, and that also something uh, that the healing power of the dolphin sex noises gave him. 
Did you hear about dolphin sex noises? Yeah, this was however many Aaron Rodgers stories ago. I don't know, maybe two months ago. You're, you're, this is Nora Princiati's story at the Ringer, right? That everyone was right. sharing yesterday. Right. Yeah. The the dolphin sex noises, like I'd say, two months ago or so. One of the many right. weird stories yeah. that have come out of this. Yeah. I, I that was something that it, it was like. I have to admit, I heard it and I went, "What?" And then I kind of like, "Nah." You know, you just you kind of shook it off. No, I don't. I don't have time for this today. Nope, not engaging right. with the dolphin sex noises yeah. story. Dolphin sex noises. Yeah, he told Melissa Stark that his uh, goal was to return in mid December, uh, and then days after that, he disputed that report again on Pat McAfee's show, even though he was the source of the story. Um, it it, it just. It basically saying that Rodgers has made a lot of big, bold ac- uh, um, claims and accusations that just either have turned out not to be true or he's backed down on or his own words. He then alters, um, as Rodgers himself admitted Tuesday, it's unrealistic to believe that he had a real shot of an unprecedented recovery and to take his comeback attempt seriously was to believe one of the NFL's most, quote, unreliable narrators on medical science and base logic ever. Uh, and fortunately, they say this is the exact, uh, this is exactly what the Jets seem to have done. Some portion of maintaining a strong relationship with Rogers seems to depend on justifying his distorted reality. And the Jets spent the past three months indulging his comeback bid at the expense of trying to salvage their own season. The team anointed Rodgers its savior in the offseason and went down four snaps into the first uh, game and decided to keep him on that pedestal was more important than attempting to save themselves. Again, not going out and getting another quarterback because they didn't want to create some kind of controversy. Rodgers has remained the center of the Jets' season despite the fact that he's not even playing. And they go on and on and on. And here's the thing is, is that um, they, they keep talking about it because he keeps making the appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And it's <laughs> um, they described his contributions saying, quote, it's more like, well, we miss our brother. We want him to be a part of our meetings, which he's not really doing. When quarterback Zach Wilson, who has started 11 of 14 games for the team this season, was benched for third stringer Tim Boyle, who was brought in by Rodgers. It was Rodgers who called and urged him to do it. According to the Athletic, Rodgers had disputed that account as well. Uh, about what his say he had in it's just in other words this whole article is about how they bought into all the bs and they said the only good explanation for the jets failure to try to find a different solution to quarterback is that they didn't want to upset the man on the pedestal where have you heard that before where have you heard that before the guy that puts himself on the pedestal i think you heard it right here on this show uh, it goes on and on. It's a great article, but basically saying, look, when, when you start buying into all this crap and giving him everything he wants, you're either all in or you're not. But if you're all in and things go bad, you're going down with the ship and you're going to look foolish for doing it. Oh, my goodness. It is a uh, it's kind of an indictment. It's almost a joking indictment of following Rogers at, at end all be all costs. Man, man, man. Oof. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We're going to hear from Jordan Love. Speaking of quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers, that's going to be coming up next in the Bills. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Just yesterday, uh, coming back, I had some running around to do. And you start thinking about the weekend, you know. You've got all kinds of things that are going to be happening. you got Christmas dinner. And I started going through my laundry list of stuff that I had to get. I stopped in a quick trip. $2.99 Nature's Touch uh, milk right now, a gallon of milk. So you got to load up because you're going to use that in your potatoes. And maybe the next morning when you have a little, you know, waffles or something like that or your Belgian waffles or your French toast on Christmas morning. And you get the bacon. You get everything when you walk through the store. But uh, right now, Nature's Touch, $2.99 a gallon on sale at Quick Trip. The best thing about Quick Trip is that um, – it's all done right there. If you've ever been out to that Quick Trip facility, it's amazing. But their milk stays fresh for so long. It's such good stuff. And also a little bit of a reminder, don't forget when it comes to Quick Trip, you have the uh, the holiday face-off, which is coming. Wisconsin is in it. Minnesota, Duluth, Northeastern, and Air Force. All going to be at the Fiserv Forum coming up on the 28th and the 29th. So get your Quick Trip holiday face-off tickets as well. But uh, if you're out and about doing the holiday shopping and you need something, you know, quick and easy, run into Quick Trip. Uh, they have everything. But uh, right now they have the uh, Nature's Touch, Nature's Touch gallon of milk on sale two ninety nine, two ninety nine. And uh, well, I'll give you a little hint. If you're in there too, one of the things that uh, that I love, that uh, even Kristen's boys love, those little sausage waffle breakfast sandwiches. Oh God, they're so good. They taste like maple syrup too. Oh, so good. Good stuff. That's from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, Jordan Love, quarterback, your Green Bay Packers, went to the podium or met with the media and had this to say. Take a listen. What was the process like for you after last week, kind of finally having a game that wasn't up to your expectation after being on the rise and being able to rebound the way that you did Sunday? That's the name of the game. Um, obviously, every week you want to play up to your standard. You want to play, you know, exceed your standard. You know, things happen. You don't play as well as you want to, and it's, it's all about how you respond bounce back, grind throughout the week, and then, uh, you know, come out and perform better the next week. I know there's three games left, and you're still trying to crunch for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What do you think your body of work so far this season for you? What about it? What, what do you think of it? What, what do you think the body of work you put out there? So um, yeah, no, I'm obviously, first and foremost, just happy to be out there. Um, you know, I think for me personally, I think it's definitely been a process that, um, you know, I think I've been getting better every week. Um, and just understanding little scenarios um, better, understanding the plays better, um, where to go with the ball, just kind of situational awareness, things like that. Um, but I think it's been a learning process for me. And every week I've been, you know, growing, um, learning from mistakes that I've made. And um, but part of it just I think getting better every week. I'd have to think the confidence at this point is different, better than it was maybe three months ago for you with all of the catalog of snaps that you have. When did you feel that click in what, what, for you? When, when did you feel like, okay, I've got my feet under me here? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just after, you know, a couple games, you know, just getting your feet wet um, and, you know, you start th- seeing things a little bit differently. Obviously, the game's a little bit faster than practice, things like that. Um, you just, you know, start, 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 start of, <laughs> sort of start getting comfortable out there. Um, sorry about that. But uh, I think just after a couple games, you know, getting my feet wet. Um, and then I think every game out there, you know, um, after a couple of throws, things like that, I, I, I sink into the game a little bit more. So for me, it's just find out ways to be able to start the game as fast as possible um, and get comfortable right at the you know first snap. Hey, Jordan, that, uh, that scramble drill touchdown to Jaden mm-hmm. the other day, uh, what's, what are the keys on both ends to be able to make that connection? Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into scramble drill. Um, you know, it's... It's tough. It's one of those things that, you know, we try and work and recreate scenarios and practice where I'm scrambling. But, um, you know, it's a lot of it's on the receiver, just finding a, a way to get open, get into my vision, 
when you're down there in the red zone, find a way to stay off the ticks so you don't get pushed out of bounds. Um, and Jay Reed did an awesome job with all that stuff. And then um, just kind of creating space for yourself. Um, and it's the timing gets thrown off in scramble drill, so there's not really a timing aspect in it. Um, but it's really just getting open, finding space, um, and then making a play when the ball comes due. Um, and Jay Reed did all that. What's allowed you to trust him in situations like that? Because there was no hesitation. You let the camera Yeah, I mean, I, I always trust my guys. Um, you know, especially in situations like that, um, I'm always going to keep my eyes downfield and try and see if uh, we got a bigger play out there than me just kind of taking off. So um, I'm going to let those guys work. And um, like I said, Jerry did an awesome job just kind of getting lost in the back of the end zone right there um, and then breaking out to my right to be able to get in my vision and then obviously staying off the ticks, not being able to get pushed out. And then he made a great, great catch. We've talked about the deep ball accuracy throughout the season, right? That ball you put out there to Jaden down the right sideline got the DPI mm -hmm. early in the game. Was that one of your better ones? That that feel different? Because it looked like you, I, mean, you, I know you got DPI and you catch it, but it looked like you put it out there in a way that, that we hadn't seen that much of that play. Yeah. Um, you know, even on that ball, I wish I wish I would have been able to put it out there a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we uh, I got hit on the, Right, I was releasing it, so um, kind of didn't go exactly where I wanted to. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious part of that process is just understanding where these guys are going to be at, and then putting the ball out there where they can go make a play. But uh, you know, I still think there's more out there where I can put it out there, make sure he's the only guy that can get to it, um, and give him a chance to you know use his speed out there and, and not make it where it's a contested catch. Does that take time not only on deep throws, but setting guys up for yak? To everybody moves differently, everyone runs their route their own way, right? Does it take time to, to figure out where you need to put the ball for each guy? Yeah, I think a little bit of that. I think, uh, you know, the timing of just plays and understanding where guys are going to be at um, and where you should be putting the ball. And then obviously who's out there plays a factor into it of their speed, if they're getting jammed up, if the DB gets hands on. So there's so many different factors. But uh, I, I think, yeah, like you said, just having a feel of the play um, and where a guy should be at, where you want to be at, um, and knowing where to put the ball plays plays a factor into it. Is that the next step for you, you think? Not just for you, but for the offense to get more consistency? Yeah. Um, learn all those things? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think the more consistent you can be as an offense, the better you'll be. Um, and that's throughout practice, throughout our walkthroughs, and then obviously it all carries over to the game. But when we're all just consistent every day, being in the right spot, um, being on the right, the timing of the play and all those things, um, that's, that's the name of the game, I think, is just consistency. With three games left, what has to go right to make the playoffs, and how confident are you that you guys could be a playoff team? Yeah, I mean we got to win. We got a you know three opportunities to go out there and get a get a get a win. Um, you know the goal right now is to get to nine and eight, and then obviously let the the playoffs kind of play themselves out and see if we can get a shot in there. But uh, yeah, I mean obviously bouncing back after two tough losses, um, you know we just got to find a way to go win these last three. So you've been asked this already, but what do you like about Wicks? A lot, um, you know. I think just his personality, how he, you know, approaches coming into work every week, um, finding ways to get better. He's always asking questions, always asking if he's in the right spot. Um, and then, you know, I think he's a guy that's in his coaches here all the time, um, trying to find new ways to get better. But um, obviously, you see what he does on the field. Um, you know, I think he's a really good route runner, a really shifty guy. Um, he catches the ball really well, and uh, he, he's making plays after the catch. He's gonna like a lot of uh, yak right now. Um, he's, he's just a tough, tough guy. Um, and so he's doing a lot of really good things. How do you make sure that you don't underestimate a team like the Panthers? I mean, I don't think, you know, bouncing back after two two losses, I definitely don't think 
um, we're going to be underestimating anybody. So, um, you know, I think we're going to come out Sunday with our best, with our best foot forward. Um, but, you know, I think just the stretch of games we've had, um, losing two tough ones, we're ready to bounce back, and we're definitely not about to take this game for granted. Jordan, there's a bit of a log jam, right, going into that seventh seed in the playoffs. Are you watching other teams? I mean, obviously you guys need to win out, but are you paying attention to the other games? No, I mean, um, I'm pretty much just focused on us right now. Because, um, I mean, if we don't win out and do what we need to do, you know, we don't even give ourselves a chance. So, um, you know, I'm just focused on this week, handling business, and then letting the chips play out the rest of the season. When you say focused on us, has the stuff that's been going on with the defense, and Joe's taking a lot of heat this week, has that been a distraction in this locker room at all? And what's the pulse of this locker room at this point? No, um, I don't think that's been a distraction. Um, you know, obviously, I think just the job we do, um, it's highly criticized. Um, you know, there's you obviously want to put your best foot forward every week, um, and you know things don't go your way sometimes. So, um, you know, I think everybody in here is just focused on bouncing back. Um, you know, we've done some really good things defensively, um, and I know those guys got a lot of confidence. So, um, I don't think that's been a distraction. Jordan, did you say Wicks is always asking you if he's in the right spot? Yeah. Oh so yeah. So how often is he in the right spot, and what does that tell you that he's always asking? Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows he cares and he's trying to make sure that we're both on the same page. Um, but yeah, he's a guy like he'll run a route and he'll like you like where I was at, you you like where I, where I got to right there. Do you like my read on this play? Things like that. So those things as a quarterback, I like to see um, just shows that he cares about what I like my input as well. Um, and he's trying to find ways to get better. You were um, you and the group were pretty darn good in the red zone for a lot of this season. I think you're what three of ten now the last two games probably factored into the results. What's going on there? Why do you think you guys aren't quite up to what you had set as the standard? Yeah, um, you know, I think it just comes, there's there's a lot of things to play into it. Um, but I think just giving guys a shot in the end zone um, and going to make a plays is the biggest thing we need to focus on. But, um, you know, I still think we're a really good team. And once we get down to the red zone, I think we do a really good job. We have done a really good job. Um, obviously, last week just wasn't good enough. Um, but, you know, I think we'll, we'll bounce back this week and, and be able to put up some more points down there. But, uh, you know, yeah. Do you feel like your connection with Tucker Kraft has continued to grow this season? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Tuck's also a guy who's been doing a really good job. But uh, I think that, that connection has been building with the more reps he's been getting, um, things like that with the injury to Luke. But uh, like I've said, I think he's done a great job just stepping into that role. Um, you know, he hasn't missed a beat. And uh, he's, he's going out there and making a lot of plays right now. So, um, you know, credit to him for doing all that. From, from a schematic perspective, is, is, is their defense a lot like facing your defense? Yeah, no, they do a, a lot of the similar things, um, similar style defense. Um, you know, there's a little, a couple different mix-ups, but you know, I think they're, they're a good defense. You know, I think, uh, you know, they're sticky on the back end. They got a really good front. So, um, you know, I think it'll be good. Obviously, we've got a lot of banked reps against our defense, so that, that all helps, and we've done you know, we, we did a good amount of reps against our defense in the periods today. So just going against a familiar defense always helps. But, uh, yeah. Jordan, just quick going back to what you said about Wicks. It looks like everybody is more in the place where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. A lot more. For, I mean, I know, what, the, what was it, Wicks and, and Reed that ended up in kind of the same spot on the one play last mm -hmm. Sunday. How much has that progressed, and how much better has that made both you and the group as a whole? That you are able to, you can't just say, I trust these guys. Now you can actually trust them, and they're going to be in the right spot. Yeah, no, it's it's improved a lot. Um, 
You know, that's one thing when you when you first get into offense during OTAs and things like that, you know, you're kind of just running the routes on paper. Um, and now I think the more reps these guys have got, they're understanding coverages and kind of where the holes are in the coverages and how you know the timing of plays play out. So just a little, all the little nuances that go into every play, um, you know, uh, which I think just it takes those reps, getting it, seeing it, um, messing up a couple times, and, and understanding the ways to to learn from it. But um, you know, I think that's an area that's going to keep improving the more reps we get, um, and when we can get that consistent, that's when you know we're going to be at our best. Jordan, you remember, was he one of the guys that was out there with you in California when you guys got mm -hmm. the, the Could you tell early on, even as a fifth round pick, you know, that there was there was something there with him that he could possibly be, be, be a player for you guys right off the bat? 100%. Um, you know, all those reps we got out there in California were, were huge. But, uh, you know, just seeing the way he worked out there, um, you know, in the offseason, he's going really hard, um, trying to get better. And at that time, too, he's asking questions like, is this how you like this route run? Things like that. So all those little things, um, you know, I was seeing when we were out there in Cali in the offseason. So, um, you yeah, know, there's no question for me that he was going to be a good player. There you go. That's Jordan Love. Let's do this. We'll step out, take a quick break, come back. A lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you on board. The Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Another hour yet to go. Talk some Badgers today. Talk. Have you enjoyed any of the bowl games? I don't really get into the bowl games until right after Christmas, to be honest with you, unless there's something of, of major relevance, like a team that I want to watch. But I just I haven't paid too much attention to the bowl. Have you, have you Grant? Have you? I mean, other than just having football on, do you, do you, are you watching the bowl games? No, I could not tell you the name of one bowl game that's I, been no. played. I uh, I have I, because they become so watered down, and some guys are playing, some guys aren't, and stars aren't going to be there. And I just, it's you know, I don't even know how if you're a sponsor of some of these bowl games, how do you make your, how do you justify the money for a bowl game? Unless it's just a a giant cocktail party to take your clients to. I don't know how you can justify, especially some of these lower-end bowl games. How, how do you justify spending that kind of money on bowls? I, 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 I don't know. I have not paid attention. Uh, I will, obviously, after Christmas. But some of the stuff, I mean, you know, they always talk about 25 days of bowling, you know, leading right up to uh, after the first of the year. But I have not paid too much attention to the bowl games at all. Talked to a little Brewers so far today. Some Badgers get back into the Packers chatter as well. Uh, I got some emails from uh, our first hour of the show that I haven't gotten to yet, so we'll uh, we'll get into that. But uh, we got another hour yet to go. Good stuff today, really good stuff. That's fantasy football earlier today. This has been an action-packed show. Heard from Matt Lafleur, heard from, heard from Jordan Love. We even got more from inside the Packers locker room. If we get to it today, if not, we'll do it tomorrow. We got our guy Mike Clements going tomorrow too on the program. Another hour. Stay tuned. More Bill Michaels right after this.